Well, today we are continuing in our series called Stories. It has been such a gift for me, and I know for all of us to hear stories from church members over the past three weeks on, in our Ascension service, in our traditional service, and online. We've had some people on our YouTube channel. It's been great to hear stories from people who have young children here, from people who have grandchildren here, from people who joined this church when they were children, all the way to people who have joined within the past year. It really just gives us a moment to slow down and think about how amazing it is that God has brought all of our stories together in this moment and in this time This series is intended to be a reminder of your story, singular, of our story as the body of Christ, and to think about how all of that fits together into God's ongoing story of creation. God's story began a long time ago. We read in the beginning in the book of Genesis, and we remember that God created the heavens and the earth Day and night, light and darkness, land and sea, and put creatures across all of it. God created all of these things and said that it was good. And then in God's last act of creation, God created humans, a man and a woman, and told them to be fruitful and multiply. And that is the moment that humanity entered into the story of God. Now we know Adam and Eve were not without flaw. You may remember the garden, their total freedom except for one tree, the serpent, the intrigue at the forbidden, the tasting of the fruit, and the consequences that came after that. As much as we would like to say that we learned from their example and that we never deal with temptation or sin or brokenness, we are but human just as they were. Our stories are all more complicated and nuanced than perhaps we would show to the whole world. I mean, who here hasn't done something or said something that they regret in their life? Who here hasn't experienced a loss or something really painful? Who here doesn't have little segments in their story that they wish they could get a little magic eraser and tweak it out a little bit? The truth is that there is no human who has a perfect story, except Jesus, of course. It's a side effect of being human. But in God's great love and compassion for humanity, we are not left to our own devices. Because of Jesus, all of our stories have hope and can become a witness for God's ongoing story that's still being told. Our scripture this morning is about a community who heard this good news, believed this good news, and began living into the hope that was promised to them in the gospel. So here now a reading from the book of Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. We have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves 
from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epiphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. May God bless the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. So this is a letter, the beginning of a letter, written by Paul and maybe Timothy, to a church in Colossae that we call the Colossians. So we know that Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison. And what's interesting to think about is he is writing to a community that he has never visited. He hasn't met any of these people personally, and yet he knows so many things about them. And it reminds me of the game Telephone. You know, the one is a children's game where The first person thinks of a phrase in their head, and usually they make it a long and sort of complicated phrase. And then you whisper it to the person beside you, who has to interpret what you said, and whisper it to the next person beside them, and around and around it goes until it comes back to the first person, and they say loud the phrase that has been passed along. And typically, it's nothing like it started. The phrase may be a jumbled mess. You may even think, how would that logically be a sentence? Like, it doesn't even make sense. That's typically how the game of telephone goes. But we see here in this example that it can be a success. We have a community who has been taught by a man named Epiphras. And we don't know much about him except that he studied under Paul, and he was called a faithful servant. But they, the Colossians were taught by Epiphras, who was taught by Paul, who learned from Jesus. And isn't it incredible to think that here we are, 2,000 years later, hearing a story about a church community that we have never visited or seen, written by an apostle we've never met, but still we hold on to this story and we continue telling it. We know that this story is true because God is working in and through this story to bind us together with the body of Christ that's so much bigger than just we are here. Stories are a powerful way to spread the good news of hope that we have through Christ. So what exactly was this story that Paul heard, likely from Epiphras as he came to visit him in prison? Epiphras told Paul about the Colossians and the faith that they had in Christ from the moment they heard the gospel. He tells him about the love that they have extended to all the saints, and he tells him about the hope that they have for life in heaven. So it was their faith in Jesus that caused them to love and bear this fruit for all the people around him, and all of this was motivated by their belief and their hope that there will be life beyond this one. This is a powerful legacy 
a legacy of a community who heard about the life of Jesus, believed in the life of Jesus and the message of hope and salvation that he brought for the world. They received the grace of God, the good news of salvation, and they were converted. They began living differently. It says they were growing and bearing fruit ever since. Paul wants them to know that he is on their team. And even though he's never met them, he is praying for them and encouraging them as they are beginning their faith journey. Now, it would be easy to think that these Colossians were a perfect community, a utopia, perhaps. We read about that they accepted Christ immediately, as soon as they heard the gospel truth, that they're extending love to all the saints, and that they have this hope in heaven. And of course, this is a beautiful picture of what God can do in a community. But to get the full picture of what this community of faith was like, you have to read the full four-chapter book of Colossians. And in it, we see that Paul is still working to coach them to pursue holiness, to turn away from the things of the world. Paul tells them to put aside all things that are earthly, to rid themselves of impurity, evil, desire, and greed. So this helps me understand that this community is indeed human, just like all of us. Yet by God's grace, their legacy is one of faith, hope, and love. Throughout the Bible, we see God's redemptive love and grace in action, just as it is in this story. Think about it. The Bible is full of characters that have some questionable decisions and, you know, surprising stories along the way. It's sometimes unconventional, the people that God decides to use. I mean, think about Abraham and Sarah, the whole story. Think about David and Bathsheba. Think about the disciples or even the spiritual guide who's writing this letter. Remember, he was Saul before he was Paul. But God is in the business of taking entire stories, all of a person's life, the beautiful, the broken, the faithful, and the messy, and bringing it all together to show off God's redemptive power and grace and God's willingness to work through any willing vessel. This thread is clear throughout Scripture, and I believe it's still true today. With God's help, we as individuals and we as a community of faith can be people whose stories point back to God. We can be people whose legacy is faith, hope, and love. Like the Colossians, we can boldly believe the story about Jesus that many of us have heard from the time we were born. And because of that belief, we can be led to love people with a radical, inclusive, audacious love that makes people wonder what is different about us. And like the Colossians, we can be motivated by this grand hope that even the worst thing that happens in this life will never be the last thing. Hope is powerful. Hope is what links our life here with our life to come. And through the lens of God's hope, our stories begin to stretch further beyond ourselves and even beyond this life here on earth. It's no secret that the past year and a half, really going on two years, has been a, a time of loss for our community and for the world with the pandemic, but especially here in our local community, we have lost a lot of people that we desperately wish were still here. 
Just this weekend alone, we had a service for a 25-year-old that died too soon. And right before that, I got a text from someone whose sister had passed away. And then this morning in Ascension, I heard from two people who had lost a family member this weekend. It just begins to feel like, how could there be any more? And I know many of you have felt this way too. It's been too much. But I have to admit to you that something I didn't expect from being a part of so many services of death and resurrection is what I've realized about these services. They are a powerful reminder that God connects our stories in life and in death with God's ongoing story of creation. And I typically see this start to take place when someone passes away, Sterling and I will meet with the family. And it's usually a really, really holy and special time. We tell stories about the person. We hear stories about their childhood, their adulthood. Sometimes we hear stories we're not supposed to tell anybody else. We begin to see a picture of this person, what they liked, what they disliked, their characteristics, what people will remember most about them. But in that, there's also this ache, because how can you describe someone's essence, who they were, with words, with simple, set-apart stories? It feels impossible that we could capture all that that person was and is and why they will be missed so dearly. And then the day comes for the service, and we gather here in our beautiful sanctuary, but with even more beautiful people, as Garner says. We gather as the community of faith to remind the family who has lost someone that they are not alone. We remind them of that simply by showing up. And then we use everything at our disposal to try and point them and ourselves back to the hope and the faith that we have through Jesus Christ. We use scriptures, we use prayers, we use songs, we hear witnesses, all of this is trying to align the story of the person who's passed with God's story, which is still being told. Because of Jesus, our stories do not have to end on earth. Because of Jesus, he has trampled the sting of death, the power of death forevermore. And we come together as a community of faith to proclaim that God has made a way for us to live on in eternity with him, and we can live into that hope as a community of faith here and now. I want you to listen again to the last two verses of this passage that Paul wrote to the Colossians. He says, Jesus has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus has rescued us from the power of darkness, from the power of pain and suffering for forever. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to be easy here, but again, we look at that next part, that Jesus has transferred us to a kingdom where death will be no more, where crying will be no more, pain will be no more, to a place where we can live fully into our identity as children of God with that faith, hope, and love. Like the church in Colossae, Ashland Place is a community that does represent that faith, hope, and love. And we are a community made of imperfect people, but when we come together 
as the body of Christ, something truly amazing can happen. It's a story that we want to share with the community, a story of welcome, a story of generosity, a story of God still moving in and through this place. My prayer is that Ashland Place and our individual stories will continue to be something where we remember that our lives are bigger than just ourselves, and that perhaps as a community of faith, we can remind each other of that in times of hardship when life gets messy. We can, too, point towards the hope that we have in Christ, and we can know that nothing on life, in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen.